We are stoked to have Adam Elizarraz and Cam Pablo on today's show. They are the guitarists and riff machines of one of our favorite bands, Gable Price and Friends. That's right. And if you guys have any questions that you would like us to ask our future guests, let us know uh, by sending us a message. We want to make this show more engaging for you. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, taking the time to join us, hang out. Um, we are both huge fans of you guys, of the band, uh, Gable Price and Friends, and just kind of the sound you guys have created. Um, so we just, you know, to kind of kick things off, obviously, this is a guitar podcast. So uh, what was both of your ex- you know, first exposure to the guitar and, and music? Take this one. Go first. Yeah, I can go first. Yeah, go, go, go first. Um, so music has been around my house growing up. I mean, my dad played guitar, um, still does. He's more playing bass now, but growing up, there's always mostly acoustic guitars lying around. So yeah, the first song I learned was more than words by extreme. And then typically stairway to heaven. I don't know. Like one of those, like, you know, old nineties, eighty songs, but, um, but Guitar-wise, I didn't get really serious until I was around 11 years old. I mean, I was dabbling when I was eight, but I was kind of like in a cross between <laughs> playing drums, playing piano, key stuff, um, and then I fell in love with guitar at like 11. So, um, yeah, I was playing basketball at the time, too. I was in like a <laughs> kid's league, but I just remember every time I got home from basketball, like practice or a game, I would just go to the basement and play guitar. <laughs> So, but yeah, basically my dad kind of just taught me guitar. I've never had a proper lesson with a teacher. And yeah, my dad just showed me chords and I kind of just figured it out. And thank God for YouTube because probably 70, 80% of my playing is from like learning on YouTube. <laughs> so, so um, or just like watching basically. other guitar players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my history with guitar. Um so yeah, it started with acoustic more, and then I was just like, oh, what's a delay pedal? What's <laughs> reverb? I didn't know like you could make your guitar sound like this or anything. So yeah, yeah 11 years old. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of money what's lost. What's delay? What's reverb? <laughs> never, never going yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Adam? I, uh, so my family is not musical whatsoever. Um, so I'm the only one in my family that plays music. And the only reason I do is because I took a guitar class in like my freshman year of high school. Um, as like an elective, I just needed to take something. Um, <clears throat> and I hated it. And <laughs> I did not have a good time. And my fingers hurt. And I don't know, it just wasn't something that like, it wasn't something that I thought I could do. Um, and then I just kind of, Oh, did you guys hear that? I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> um, like I let me put on Do Not Disturb. Okay. <laughs> somehow. 
This is not my computer. It's okay. This is all uh, editable. Forget it. Forget it. No, you're edit, good. edit that out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I took a guitar clash, clash class in high school, and clash I cleansed. hated it. And uh, and I just kept going at it because my parents were like, "You can't drop out. Like your ba- your grades are bad enough." And so uh, I just kept going. And then like somehow I just was improving faster than all of my other peers. And so, um, yeah, um, just kind of kept going at it and then started playing at my local church and I started to actually like it, like playing guitar. And so a lot of it was self-taught, um, after that one year of like lessons, but, um, yeah, it was like a love hate relationship at the start for me just cause I didn't really want to necessarily. Um, but I just kept going at it because I was good for my <laughs> skill level. And then I developed like a passion for it. Once I was like, Oh, this is something that like, um, that I can be good at and that I enjoy the better I get at it. So yeah, yeah. that was like, I was like 13, 14. Um, yeah. So how did you, how did you guys, uh, all meet as a band? Um, what, what was that like? Um, we did a ministry school here in Reading and we sort of started playing music together. Like we had teams for the school, like playing kind of just worship music and yeah, there was like four teams and, um, yeah, I mean, that's how we all met, but the band started, um, I wasn't originally in the band at first, like within like the first year, I was just kind of the live guy. So it was Adam or, uh, Daniel and Gable. So they started the EP, uh, which is the Dead Man EP. Mm-hmm. Um, they started that in like our the first year of school, maybe, right, Adam? 2018. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty. I think we started on it in 2017. It didn't come out until like 2018. Yeah. The, the year. Um, but yeah, the boys made the EP in Sacramento, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then... <laughs> I sort of got pulled along uh, as like a live guitar player just because there's already a a lot of guitar parts. Um, So, yeah, I got pulled in and yeah, we had our first show was in the backyard and it was awesome. Yeah. But basically school is how we met and yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else to add, Adam? Yeah. Uh, um, (laughs) Yeah, no, we all met because we were all in the same class and we were not like we weren't friends all together, but like I was friends with Gable separately. Cam was friends with Gable separately. Dan was friends with Gable separately. But like we didn't like all hang out. Like we didn't really know each other. I didn't know Cam super well. I didn't know Dan very well. So it kind of like he was like assembling a team, really, like the Avengers. So yeah, <laughs> it makes way. sense why the name is Gable Price and Friends then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I originally was supposed to be like a, a solo project because Gable was going to move back home uh, from California uh, after that year. And uh, we were like, let's just make something that you can take home with you, you know, and kind of work with whoever you want. Yeah. Um, but then we decided that we're going to be a band and the name kind of stuck. It was too late to change it by that. By the time, <laughs> yeah. by the, the point we decided. It was too late. G- so Gable was so committed on moving back. 
to Cincinnati. And then next thing you know, I see him in Reading. I'm like, dude, all right. <laughs> You're like, what yeah, happened? So I guess the band stuck. And here we are yeah. now. Yeah. So what were those like early shows like? I mean, you said he would come to you and ask you to, um, to fill in Cam. Um, mm-hmm. were, were they just pretty low key or were they, you know, in the student body or like, how was that? How was that growing uh, well, for you guys? I mean, band? the town of Reading that we currently live in, well, Adam and I now currently live in, is so small where everyone can hear any event like going on. Like, we can put a poster on our local coffee shop and everyone in Reading, not everyone, that's earnest, but a lot of people can see it. But since we're in school, there is a, everyone kind of knows each other. If they don't, like we know each other's faces and everyone just knows each other. So the word gets around and the early shows, I mean, it was four of us. Well, five, we actually had another member named Dave. Um, he played bass and well, no, the first show was a different bass player, actually. <laughs> His name's Pablo. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good old Pablo. I'm playing with him tonight, which is funny, speaking of him. Um, but the early shows were fun, man. I mean, it's it was a humbling experience. And I mean, we're still getting humbled today. Like, we, we will still play crazy dive bars. Like, we're not playing. We're not playing the O2 in London or anything like that, dude. Um, um, but they were fun. I mean, it was just a thing where everyone was friends at her show shows in Reading, like growing up and it wasn't yeah we we're promoting our, promoting our music but at the same time we were just having fun with our friends mm-hmm. um and we haven't done a Reading show in a long time but yeah i mean since now gable left right yeah i don't think we can unless there's a tour date specifically for it but like mm-hmm. one of the i'm talking about like the just say hey we're gonna do a show in the backyard like those days are probably done <laughs> so <laughs> but they were fun man i mean i i miss it and it's just always fun making music with friends and playing for friends. So, yeah. yeah. Something I love about your guys' music that draws me uh, to it is that it's almost like a post-punk CCM mix, mesh. Um, and uh, you guys, your, your guitar tones really um, are out forward in the mix um mm-hmm. and they they kind of are this nice mesh of uh a, a dry dri- driven guitar but then also uh i don't know if it's both of you or one of you has a lot of uh wet tones a lot of reverb and and yeah. uh, delay um how how do you guys both um uh kind of feed that sound does does one of you do you guys like trade those different tonalities uh depending on the song or how is it, how do you guys work dynamically together to to fill out those songs do you want this yeah sure, or we, yeah. Can both, we, we can both we, try, can, try we can both yeah um i can start it's like i don't i don't know i think we kind of take it like song by song um you know, there's like some people will ask, like, you know, like, are you the rhythm or lead guitar? It's like, well, it's just guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever, whoever plays the part plays the part. So, um, yeah, I think we lately, honestly, I feel like to answer your question about like tones, like how do we like decide who's doing what? We kind of just go off instinct and it just kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
we'll like divide like say someone plays a part on the record you know we'll be like do you want to play this live you know um and then we'll try to match that that tone as best we can um but lately cam and i i feel like i've been listening to uh like mixes back of shows and uh and i like i'm starting to notice things that like don't really mesh together super well just because like we're going off of excitement or instinct or whatever when it comes to like choosing a tone so um i feel like lately we've been trying to hone that more of like if we're both driving too hard then it's just like too much you know mm-hmm. um so i think um cam and i growing up like we grew up playing guitar in church and usually there's two guitar players mm-hmm. so i feel like that kind of came easy to us to like learn how to play together well and not you know step on each other's toes um and yeah it 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 really is like is that and like in the studio you know we're we try to be very intentional about guitar parts and like what goes in and what doesn't and so we live normally it'll will stick to what's on the, the record so we won't mm-hmm. stray too far from that guitar wise yeah i hope that answers your question i kind of just yeah <laughs> definitely yep that's, that's good. good yeah yeah i mean um, to kind of add on to that uh you know, you, you both layer those effects so well. I mean, and I'm, I'm talking about the recordings, um, and I've heard the live stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to see you guys live, but you know, as far as that, as far as that goes, do you have any effects that either of you just leave on all the time? I mean, I know a lot of guys, they'll just always have a slapback delay on or a little bit of reverb on. Is there something that you just, that's your go-to pedal? It's always on, on your board. I mean, luckily, uh, yeah, Um, I mean, usually I have, at least recently as of this or late last year, um, I got like this API compressor thing, but I use it really lightly. Um, I'll only like crank compression when I, when I play slide, but um, that's usually always on. Um, It's great. It's transparent. Like it's, you don't really hear it. You just more so mm-hmm. feel it. And then uh, I'll always have a delay in reverb on. Um, just the typical timeline big sky kind of stuff. But um, but at least with the band, when it comes to like big sky stuff, it's pretty dialed back. And I don't want to be in that cloud verb world. It's kind of, my ear is kind of tired of hearing it now. <laughs> um, but so I'm just using like a basic room or plate verb. Um, it just sounds like reverb. That's it. <laughs> and then yeah that's i mean those are the pedals i have on all the time and then all my drives are, are kind of just like depending what part of the song i'm in or whatever yeah yeah um i guess tuner you know to be that guy um but it is always on some people have it where you turn it on and it bypasses and some people don't yeah. um so i like to know if i'm in, in tune if i'm in tune all the time so uh but i that i normally do run a compressor i had a tone press for a long time that was always on just it wasn't really doing much compression it was if anything just giving me a little boost at the front of the chain um 
but I took that off and I, I haven't been using a compressor lately and it's been fun. I, I just kind of rolling with it. Um, but I, I not always on, but I typically use uh, too much vibrato or chorus. Um, that's kind of like a, a, like a staple of mine. Um, especially like in the early, early songs and such, um, that kind of, I feel like that kind of gets associated with our music, um, is like the vibrato tones. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was from a walrus Julia back in the day. And then lately I've been using an artificial blonde from JHS, um, which I, I'm really digging. And yeah, uh, so that is like a staple of mine, I guess. Um, not always on, but a lot of the parts have that kind of vibe to it. I guess um, the Julia was really like the sound at first. Just it like, really was, yeah. You put vibrato on anything, it just sounds awesome. Like yeah. any part. So that's, yeah. yeah, a lot of the Fraction Heart album was mm -hmm. just the Julia. Yeah. Um, and then I, I use a, a tape. I have a Strymon Volante that's always on, uh, just by different presets, but you know, at its minimum, it's like a very short slapback, um, mm -hmm. kind of almost like nothing's there, but a little bit. And then, uh, like a spring or a plate, a small plate reverb. And then I'll change those depending on the song, but those are always on typically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Have you guys oh. experimented a lot? I mean, I know trying to find video of you in your earlier days to now, um, I've seen kind of your guitar choices change a little bit, but I mean, I think Adam, like I've seen you kind of settle on that Firebird uh, style and then Cam, you kind of lean more towards like a Telecaster. I think it, like, did I see you with like a, a Jaguar at one point in time or... Um, it was a jazz master. That's actually jazz Gables. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's gay. That was Gables. Um, yeah. as um Curtis Lambertone's pickups in it. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, with, like, how long did that? Was it kind of like a process where you were picking up different guitars here, or there, and until you settled on kind of one that just spoke to you? Um. Yeah. I mean, right now, I'm, at least for the band, I use this Elliot um Royal Haven right now it's yeah it's, it's so beat up right now and I either cross between like uh telly that I have that I've it was like my first guitar I ever bought with my own money that I still use to this day mm -hmm. and then a strat and then I have a baritone as well that I use for like part of the album or I played a baritone yeah. for the album um but yeah I mean I haven't gone through like a ton of guitars. I kind of just like, my dad just hates it when I, he's like, Cam, why are you selling another guitar? Like, I thought you loved this thing. I was like, I do. I just like, being an adult is hard, man. <laughs> uh, and um, no, I mean, I kind of settled on what I have now. It's kind of great. Yeah. I mean, most of my pickups right now, at least in three of the guitars are from Lambertones and they sound great. Um, I'm not, I'm not putting in a plug right now. But no, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just yeah, saying like plug yeah. away, um, yeah. plug away, Curtis, if you're watching this, love you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at least mostly right now for the band, it's kind of just, I have this Elliot and I still like, we'll play it for other things as well, mm -hmm. but at least in the studio, I'll be kind of, I'm looking at them right now. So, um, it depends on the song and what, what the guitar vibe is, but live right now in the past, I've had a Veritas Portlander 
got rid of that. And then I can't even remember. I had a Reverend at mm. one point, um, which was a great guitar, honestly. I said I yeah. got rid of that. Um, but yeah, I kind of go through like guitars, but not like quickly. Just it's yeah. like every two years. I don't know. So the the Elliot, that's kind of the, I think I saw it, it's the double cutaway. Kind of almost yeah, looks yeah, like a yeah, double yeah. cutaway Les yeah. Paul Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Adam had one as well. They're oh, great guitars. Yeah. 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 I kind of settled on the Firebird is my main. Um, it's made by this guy named Drew Walsh. He has mm-hmm. a really cool company. He makes a lot of like, like kind of Soviet era, like 70s yeah. type guitars. Um, a lot of his designs are original designs like that. Um, but he made me a Firebird and it's, it's really, it's really good. I like it. I love mini humbuckers. I feel like those are my favorite pickups. Um, I have that. And then an SG, uh, it's like a 61 standard reissue, awesome. um, with like the Vibrola. Um, but I took it off cause it kept swinging around and <laughs> bothered me. Yeah. Um, but those are my two mains. Uh, and sometimes I'll borrow guitars. Um, but yeah, pretty much that I am missing some single coils in my life. I do wish I had like a telly hmm. or, uh, something like that, but yeah, I'm, I'm ma- mainly a humbucker. Yeah. Gibson style kind of guy. That's what I've settled on lately. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw a video where you were talking, you had Lambertones in that, that Walsh Firebird. I do not know. You do not. Oh, okay. I, I had a, I was borrowing for a while, uh, Gable's telly that has Lambertones in it. Okay. Uh, the blondies. Okay. Um, but I had to give it back cause he moved. So, um, <laughs> I, I still have one of his old guitars with me. He just, forgot. yeah, I didn't, I shouldn't have said <laughs> well, it. I forgot to say something, but uh, yeah. house. it's, it's a really bad guitar. So Uh-oh. I'm looking at it. It's yeah. out there now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, do you remember, oh, I remember that? Yeah. Yeah. This is at I my like house. That. Right now. Yeah. This was built by our friend, Tony, um, via in writing, but That's it's, awesome. I don't want to, I don't know what the parts are, but I can just tell it's, I don't want to diss Tony, so I'm trying to be careful <laughs> on what I say. It's not. Are, a, you, it's are you a, a Strat guy, Cam? Uh, do you yeah, like I mean, Strats at all? I like Strats. I'm a big humbucker guy as well, but um, you've been I using just like that the Strat feel. a lot lately. What's that? You've been using that Strat a lot. The yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. I mean, a lot not of that the, one, but the other one. The, the oh yeah, one. yeah, the black one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it kind of just like I grew up on just a lot of Fender stuff. And that's what that's what feels like at home with my hands, um, but I still rock with humbuckers. It's great. I mean, my Ellie has um, kind of like Gretsch style pickups in it right now, but um, yeah. I mean, most most of the time, um, crossing between humbuckers, but more so on the single coil kind of world. So, yeah. Nice, Adam. I, I've seen in uh, some of your. Uh, YouTube videos that you've been part of um, that you uh, use the HX stomp along with a set of pedals. It, um, how does that complement everything that you're trying to accomplish with with your with your tone? Is it is it the amp effects or is it some of those other wet tones that you're looking for? Maybe a combination of both. No, so the the H I can't talk. The stomp, the HX stomp. Um, 
it's it's a recent thing um i this last year we toured a lot and i was doing where i had would bring my benson chimera as like a a real amp on stage um because it just it's cool and it sounds good and you know our shows are very um rocking so they're loud and uh just needed that amp vibe um so i've been doing that paired with like an amp sim um so last year i was using a dream uh, from universal audio and just it's not really doing much on stage really but like it's for really myself like in my in-ears just giving me that stereo spread just because it feels good you know it sounds good um so i've been doing that lately probably will keep doing that just because you know the venues we play don't really allow for like a full stereo rig Hmm. um so yeah i've been doing one amp sim and one real amp and sometimes it will be a, a stomp like right now i'm using a stomp um and i have the tone factor uh irs and stuff for that um and it sounds really good i i really am enjoying it awesome so but those are basically it's for my amps and not i don't really use the effects maybe like uh, a compressor on it but yeah it's mainly just amps yeah, and all your wet tones are separate pedals like the Julia and whatever else you yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome. Oh, that's good. Uh, how about you, Cam? Uh, as far as amplification, what what do you uh, what do you enjoy using? At least last year, uh, like the touring cycle, it was very similar to Adam. At, at first, like first half of the year was fully DI from the ACS one, and then. Uh, later down the road, I switched to the kind of the amp and then DI kind of combination. But yeah, it's the stereo thing where it's more so for our ears, for the venues, or at least our front of house guy will usually just like hard, not fully hard pan us, but you can just tell it's left and right. But for our ears, it just feels better and we can hear ourselves better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually used to hate the ACS one, man, until like they updated it with like a 2.0 firmware or three and it just like reduced the noise floor and adjusted like the compression and then more gain and then i like throwing on uh tone factors irs i was just like oh this thing actually sounds great now um i used to just like fight with it so much but um yeah now i like like i'm i could fully use it by itself and i'm i'm happy but uh yeah near the end of the touring cycle last year i had my just fender prosonic that was modded by some guru in Michigan. <laughs> and I brought it over to Reading a long time ago. Um, it sounds great, but there's there's like rectifier problems with it all, like at the end of the tour. So I was just like, I kind of just stuck with um, my ACS one or borrowed um, an amp from the band that was opening for us. So um, that was yeah, nice I guess of them. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. good dude. His, his name's Angie. He had like this uh, matchless Spitfire, I think. Yeah, well, there's yeah. Oh, wow. a nice amp. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. He's yeah. not messing around. Hey man, six set. Can I borrow your amp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, I I kind of wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about your guys's live shows and um, 
and maybe we could talk about you know what what are some of those uh shows that are the most memorable for you guys and uh you know the like yes we we are doing this or you know one of the most excited um you know exciting experiences that you guys have had uh on tour <clears throat> yeah um i feel like i love touring it's my favorite thing in the world one of them um it's just a really cool experience. It's not glamorous. It is very tiring and hard. But for me, it feels very rewarding. And often, like, this is so cheesy, and I'm so sorry. But often, we'll have early van or lobby calls and like 10 hour van drives. Um, but even then I'm like, Oh, this is really cool that like, not to like be like, we get to do this, but like, this is cool that like, this is a part of our lives and like, it's all, I feel like all of that is just as meaningful and important to me as playing a show. Um, and it's just really cool to hang with friends and, like be a part of something and, you know, work your way to get to the destination, which is the next show. And then you play yeah. the show. And then like, sometimes it's like amazing and like, it's a packed room and sometimes it's an empty room and you still have to remind yourself that you're playing music that you made with your friends in a completely different state that you've never been to. And people still showed up even if it's 20 people, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really cool to have that experience. And yeah, honestly, like the small shows are just as meaningful as the big shows. Um, obviously the big shows are a little more fun, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's all, it's all beautiful to me and it's very fulfilling. And yeah, I just love, I love, I love touring. I love everything that goes into a live show. Yeah. It's, it's your ministry. Yeah. If I, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Enjoying, that... uh, the, the off times and in the relationship building in between, you know, the, the playing. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Good. That's good. What about you, Cam? Um, yeah, it's very similar regarding like memorable. I mean, like memorable shows it's always good like when you have luckily last year we had some like family and a lot of like old friends like we played a lot in the midwest last year um so like michigan wisconsin like cincinnati like we got to see our families a lot and then um just friends so i mean yeah i mean people don't realize what coming off of adam how much there is to touring outside of the show and soundcheck like there's that's like three hours of our day to be honest yeah. or two hours minimum mm -hmm. um and the rest of it is just like working your butt off like getting to places or just doing whatever i mean or at the hotel or like yeah you just have a lot of downtime if you're not doing anything um or it's just like setting up like we i mean on tour it's kind of just we would go to the venue unpack the trailer like which would take about an hour and a half 
and then do that every day. I mean, we, we had a few days off on tour, but like, yeah, I mean, the, it is memorable because people don't see that side of the band um, and our front of house guy, like whoever's with us. Like they think like some people are like, oh, they have a whole crew and they have a whole like guitar text and everything. But no, I mean, there's a whole process to touring and yeah, it's tiring, but it is fun. At the end of the day, it's worth it. Um, like small show, big show. Especially like the big shows, like if you feel alive and it feels amazing, but the small shows, you're just like, it's where it, where it humbles you and you're just like, you still got to do this, bro. Like, There's a reason why, like two years ago, we would have thought we were touring anyway, like, or three years ago. I don't know how long, but um, yeah, I mean, every show is memorable in like good ways and bad ways, but uh, yeah, luckily, at least recently, it's been more good, memorable. and. Um, yeah, man. Anything that like sticks out in your mind, like uh, you know, meeting a uh, somebody that you've always kind of looked up to in the guitar realm um, that you maybe got a chance to work with, or uh, you know, uh, a gear guy um, to help you design a tone or something like that that's been major success in your mind like oh, yeah and i'm scott on the right mills, i'm on the right track yeah scott scotty mills from connie house co-produced our last album but oh wow um, yeah yeah and alongside great phenomenal guitar players so having him work with adam and i was so awesome and yeah work on guitar parts and he yeah he played some like quite a few guitar parts on the record like that wasn't at adam or I and crushed so yeah sweet yeah that was cool that was we, i feel like we learned a lot from him um he has a very less is more approach uh to certain uh parts and um yeah it was really cool to learn that and uh humbling in a lot of ways because you know you want to do what you want to do in your in your music and sometimes what you want to do isn't the best for the song so it's cool to have an outside perspective um from mm -hmm. someone that you look up to yeah, um, yeah kind of yeah. guide from the outside looking in instead of yeah. thinking that you have all the yeah. answers yeah totally it's yeah. also been really fun sorry to um like piggybacking off your question, it's been really cool to work with uh, David Hislop and Kenyon from uh, Tone Factor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've looked up to uh, David, you know, for a couple of years, like before moving to Reading. And um, it's really cool to like, yeah, it's really cool to just hang out with them and talk gear. And um, yeah. both of them are very knowledgeable and they know their stuff and it's just really cool to it was a fun experience working with him to like yeah. make some helix presets because i would never know how to do that and make them sound that good <laughs> um they're almost and, too knowledgeable yeah Gosh. but it's their business so i get it yeah so it's like <laughs> but it's their it's superpower really, yeah yeah i know well, just, um, just make it sound like a guitar like jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's also david and kenyon have been yeah. really cool people to know and to hang out and work with so it's funny you mentioned uh you know scotty mills and colony house and then the helix i i think i, I watched that helix stomp 
uh, video you have up on YouTube, and I was like, I think he's playing a couple like Colony House riffs in this. <laughs> so I, was like, I, I just remember sending it to Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> but uh, you know, speaking yeah. of um, speaking of working with Scotty and kind of like learning from him, when you guys are in the process of of writing a song, um, coming up with riffs, licks, you name it. Is there, are there other, um, you know, influences you kind of feel like you're kind of drawn from that bag, um, of licks in your mind uh, when you're in that process? Um, a lot of, I mean, we all, maybe not all of us, but we love Kings of Leon as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so just like that kind of like, it's guitar music, like you don't mm -hmm. really hear anything else in their music. It's just guitar music and the way they come up with riffs and the way they approach it. and especially like playing as a like in the rhythm world like they don't just play chords like they actually make the chords sound awesome they pick it in a certain way or um they don't just make it the typical d shape they'll do different stuff like you know yeah. um so i think the way kings of Leon work work out their guitar parts is really cool um and yeah switchfoot as well uh we were lucky enough to work with them on the record as well for two of the well, technically three three songs um, a couple of years back. And yeah, their guitar stuff is amazing. So, Adam? Yeah, I, I'd say for sure Kings of Leon is definitely some some uh, something that I draw a lot of influence from um, when coming up with guitar parts. Um, pretty much, I don't know if you know the song Someday, but... Uh, but our song someday uh is basically my like i i think i'm pretty sure i sat down and i was like can i make the most kings of leon riff that i can and mm -hmm. that's what I, that's what i came up with and so yeah. um yeah kings of leon the killers have been yeah. a huge influence um switchfoot as well uh james duke um <laughs> yep. from like the old john mark mcmillan stuff like has been a huge influence and it's also been really cool to um get to know him a little bit as well over the years um he's mm -hmm. been he's been really supportive of our band mm -hmm. since the beginning which has been really cool so yeah yeah it's really it's really cool to see like the people adam and i looked up to when we were 17 18 maybe even earlier and now like today like we've probably met at least personally we've met like most of the guys that we looked up to or yeah. talked to them and hung out with them. So there, there still is like a handful of guitar players or even producers that I want to meet, but one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Since this interview went a little long, we decided to split it up into two parts. Part two will be released on February 14th, where we continue to discuss stories from the road and their collaborations with other artists in the recording process. Yeah, and Adam talks about his new hobby of building pedals, and both of them uh, discuss their future plans of touring in 2024. Make sure you listen to the end, and we uh, break down all of our 2023 Spotify wrapped results. Thanks for tuning in again. Here's one of our favorite songs, I Don't Want to Live Like This, off Gable Price and Friends' latest release, The Consequences of Being Alive. Throw out my premonitions That noise is wasted time Blame the human condition We're trained to idolize 